0: Matthew 23, 23. Our Lord Jesus speaking here was speaking to the scribes and the Pharisees. And this is what he says. He says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. These you ought to have done, without leaving the others undone. May God bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name. This is an unusual text to start with, but um, I trust that the Holy Spirit will guide us. You know the good thing about the Holy Spirit is that wherever you are, he can still lead you into all truth. Just like your GPS, no matter how you miss your way, it's still able to redirect you, isn't it? Praise the Lord. Uh, Learning from our God. Okay. Last Sunday, we touched on something which the spirit of god hasn't quite allowed you know me to move on from we reminded ourselves from the scriptures that we are warned that these will be perilous times that these are the last days and we in our country we are aware and we are seeing how things have been turning and how things have been going and we saw that the bible says from second timothy 3 how men will change. And if you look at that passage and if you, you know, meditated upon it, the major area of change that you're going to witness in people is in the area of their love. People will become lovers of what? Themselves. And we say love is like a flashlight, a torch, okay? Now, the flashlight, if you turn it in a direction, the rest of the direction becomes dark, isn't it? Why? Because you have turned it this way. Now, that is what love is like. When you turn love that you should love God with and turn it on yourself, then your relationship with God enters into a place of darkness. So he says, in the last days, this is what is going to happen. Men will turn their love way on themselves. Okay, And when that happens, every other thing begins to go wrong. He says, lovers of money... Boast proud. If you go further down in verse 3, it says unloving. It's not loving that will lead to being unforgiving. It's not. It's unforgiving doesn't start just like that. It's a manifestation, a symptom of wrong love. Okay? So we read that and we read 5 where we uh, concluded where it said that men are going to have a form of godliness, but what? denying the power we dealt with all this on Wednesday so we saw that and then we also saw that the solution or what we are told to hold on to to hang on to has to deal with this same topic so 2 Timothy 3 1 to 5 it tells us the wrong side or love gone bad what is going to happen when love goes bad okay then we looked at Romans 8 and when we looked at Romans 8 we saw The tribulations, the trials, the persecutions. They told us they were all going to happen. I know what they told us in Romans 8 as well. They told us that what is going to save us is what? Love again. Let's see thirty-five, Romans 8, 35. Let's see what it says. It says, in all of this, what is going to happen? Who shall separate us from what? The love of Christ. They shall tribulation, distress. So in the midst of this difficult times, love is going to be a bonding power. That keeps us to Christ. Praise the Lord. 37 to 39. He says, Yet in all these things, we are going to be what? More than conquerors. We are going to be victorious. Why and how? He said, Through him who what? loved us. Now you begin to wonder if love is so critical. Love is going to be where we, you know, if someone is going to miss it, he's going to miss it in love. If someone is going to be strong and be conquerors, a conqueror or victorious. He's going to be victorious where? In love. Praise the Lord. Now that's why we started by reading the text we read where we said oftentimes if we're not careful we'll major on the minor and minor on the major. Praise the Lord. Because meditating on what we learned on last Sunday and going on to Wednesday I see that love is critical. It's too important. If Love gone bad is a symptom of the manifestation of failure. And then love going well is the secret to victory. Then all I need is love. Are you with me? How many want love? To know love. You know, to go deep in love. So that's what we want to try, you know, and do. Or rather, that's what we started to do from Wednesday. Okay? So on Wednesday, we learn that this love we are talking about is not a feeling is not an emotion no th- that this love is not the emotion love okay this love it may get emotion but that's not it in fact this love is not even the word as important as the words we speak are this love is not even the word one because bible says let our love word, not just be in word, but in what indeed okay so i can love you with words and still not get to this love praise the lord you know our lord jesus christ told some people at the end, what an unfortunate group to belong to. At the end of it all, when they finished the race and got to the gate of heaven, they said, ah, master, open now. Your people are here. And he said to them, what did he say? He said, depart from me. I never knew you. And they said, you must be mistaken, master. Don't you know me? I was with you. That's the shocking thing. We were with you in the streets. Ah, we we're, were with you. When you were in Gwagwalada. we were there with you. When you were in Wusei we were there with you. During the crusade, we were there. We even did love fish with you. Were with you? We even cast out devils in your name. Ah, we preached in your name. What did Jesus say? He says, "What depart from me, for what I never knew thee." Now, in another place, he's still speaking. Says, "Why do you call me Lord, 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 and do not do the things that I say?" So, what I'm trying to emphasize is, it's not the words. If you love, you you speak the right words. But you can speak the words and not love. Praise the Lord. You can act like it, but still not have the love. So God will help us by his spirit to get it right. Amen? Amen? So we learned on Wednesday that this love is not emotions, it's not words, it's more than that. It's a decision. This love brings you to a place of decision. You know, you make a decision. You make a choice. You make a commitment. And we saw it from 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14 and 15, where the Apostle Paul was writing to us. He says, for the love of Christ does what? It compels us. Why? He says, we judge thus that if one died for all, then what? All died. 15 says, and he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves. So if I believe he loves me and he died for me, it will lead me to loving him. How is he going to lead me to love him? He's going to lead me to making a conclusion. And what is that conclusion? He died for me. So now, what am I going to do? I'm going to live for him. Praise the Lord. Okay, we also moved on, okay, on the same Wednesday, very important, just laying a foundation, to say that we often mistake Christian activity for Christianity. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Christian activity. Can someone give me an example of Christian activity? Morning devotion. Thank you. Sorry. Coming to church. Concert. Yes. Prayer meeting. Sorry. Christmas celebration. Yes. Evangelism. Yes. Thank you very much. We often mistake Christian activity with Christ-likeness. Now, Christian activity, all that we've said, are good and essential. Praise the Lord. But the reason we struggle with a lot of those things is because we think they are an end. They are a means to an end. And we began to learn that when we were meditating on the scriptures that we looked at last Sunday. Okay? Our theme last Sunday was watch and pray. Isn't it? Now, if you hear watch and pray, it sounds very deep spiritually. You say this man is a man of prayer. He say in this church they pray. Badura. Eh? Praise the Lord. Prayer is not an end in itself. Prayer is a means to an end. So our Lord Jesus speaking to Peter and the disciples and to us. He says, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The reason he told them to pray activity was so that they would be victorious like Christ. Because Christ did not enter into the temptation. He was tempted but he overcame. But we saw that Peter entered. He fell into the temptation. Why? Because he did not pray. So Christian activity is to enable us to become Christ-like. If you don't see that way, you're going to struggle with it because you're going to wonder, why am I fasting? Why am I told to pray? Why am I being asked to do this? Why? But when you understand the purpose for which it is, you know, being asked to do, then you will do it beyond anybody, you know, pushing you okay now that is very important why because you know in acts eleven twenty six, 26 where the bible says disciples were first called christians it wasn't because they went to church it was because they had heard about a man who lived and died whose name was christ jesus the christ and then they saw a people behaving just like him so the people of Antioch called them christians why because they behaved like what christ They were not called Christians because they were church goers. They were not called Christians because they went somewhere on Sunday morning looking very beautiful like most of you are looking. They weren't called Christians because they put something, you know, on Facebook or stick on their car. They were called Christians because of the way they behaved. They were called several names. They were called people of the way. They were called followers of Christ. They were called disciples. A disciple is an apprentice. A disciple is someone who has so understudied somebody that if you have him, you have the person. Praise the Lord. However, Christian activity is what is necessary to lead us to that place. So I study, the Bible says study your Bible. Okay, I don't study my Bible to announce to you I read seven pages every second. And in every week I finish the whole Bible. It's important because if I read it, then it's going to be, what, a source to my faith. The Bible says faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. So as I meditate and study the word of God, they said to Joshua, "He says meditate on this word day and night that what you might observe to do. Can you see? Meditate what day and night that you might observe to do. Why am I doing? That I may have good words. So, you see, when you get understanding, it will be easy to walk with God. But it's not really. People say, the pastor say, read your Bible. And you think you're reading your Bible. So that next Sunday when they say, how many people read their Bible? You raise your hand. That's why you don't read it. But when you understand that you're reading your Bible to observe to do. And you're observing to do that you might have good success. Nobody will follow up on you. So the Bible says study. Why? It said to show yourself approved. Not study for study. Study to show yourself approved. A workman was not needing to be ashamed. The reason many of us are ashamed in many situations is that we have not studied. I've told you my experience. I got born again, you know, and I was excited about my Jesus. And I went to work and I had a Muslim uh, a lady, you know, colleague in the office. And I was trying to evangelize her, but I had not studied. So she won the argument. I told her she had to become a Christian because... Christianity is paramount, Christianity is the first Christianity began through Isaac And Isaac is the first son of Abraham (laughs) See the way you're laughing at me I had not studied, so I was ashamed I didn't know when she won that argument It took me time to speak to another person So the reason you study is what? Not to be, I say, rightly dividing the word of truth It's like what we're going through now in Nigeria and You know, it's not easy to be a teacher or to be a preacher of the world, to be a pastor. Because everything you say is like the decision a pilot makes on air. Okay? It can make the plane to crash, which involves lives, and it can also save lives. Now, we have to be careful. I saw one preacher telling people, he said, get your walking stick, get your walking stick. If they shoot, you shoot. Now, which passage of scripture are you bringing that from? You have not studied i think pastor now nah was saying that he imagined one sunday you come here Pastor pastor is coming out to preach he brings his ak the truth is that if i'm going to carry weapon it's not ak for seven django you know that one django used that one that rolls it like this eh gpmg that's the one i'm going to, you know me now i won't get well, well, well no i'll just be rolling it like this like popcorn it will just be <laughs> so i i studied the scriptures okay And I I see that the Bible didn't say we are more than conquerors through him that trained us. That's what we read in Romans 8. We are more than conquerors through him that what? There's a difference. Now, I've said it here. The use of weapon, if you're listening to me and you are, by calling, by office, by assignment, trained and officially assigned by the government of Nigeria to use weapons, you have a responsibility, different from what I'm talking about. But if I'm also now called to use the word, I cannot leave the word. David said to Saul, I cannot take your armor. Why? You see, I've not proven it. Keep your armor. This battle is different. What will win this battle is what we are legalized to use. And what did David do? He picked a stone. That's what shepherds use. You know, this thing is coming. You throw a stone at it. And by that stone, God gave victory. And by your stone, God will give victory in the name of Jesus. Okay? So, study so that you don't make nonsense. Okay? I know this text I took, I started from, is also a very critical one. There's a lot of argument everywhere. And it's also embarrassing to me, and it should be to every genuine Christian, that the engagement, the major front engagement the church is having with the world is on the issue of tithe. I'm embarrassed. If you're not, I am. Now, the truth is this, okay? If you're here, I've said it several times, you don't, tithing is the least of the things you need to do. But if you're coming to this church, let me let you know. On Wednesday, I didn't know, but I know it ran into million. We spent last month about 2.4 million on diesel. If you're coming to this church and you buy diesel for your house and you buy fuel for your car, and you're a big man. And you're not bringing big money. You're almost a thief. Because what it means is that you're riding on other people's sustenance. And when they look around, they say, you must be the one sustaining the church. You must, ah, he's a big man. He must be his money. When they look around, they say, she's a ah, it's not thick, madam. But you're not bringing. Wahala well, Do you understand? Is someone getting me? So that is why, you see, you see if I ha- I'm not teaching on tithe today, but even when you go to the teaching on tithe, you know what the Bible says in Malachi 3? It said, bring you all the tithe, that what may happen? It didn't say that I won't curse you. It says that there might be what? Food in the house. Whose house? It's your house. Bring the money that the generator may run. Bring the money that the AC may work. We bless the love for the people who supported, you know, the time the ACs were bad. We spent almost two million and then we finished fixing one spot again. And we're still spending. So there is need for money in God's house. But it must not bring us to where we begin to engage the world on the issue of tithe. This is family business. It shouldn't concern them. If you're not born again, spirit-filled, in love with Jesus. The first thing you should know is that for God so loved the world that whosoever believes in, in him should not what? Perish. It said, he that does not believe is condemned already. Do you believe in Jesus? You don't. You're condemned already. Let's walk to see you turn on the direction of heaven first. Then when you come into the house, your eyes will be open to know whether there is food in the house or not. I've told you my experience about tithing. Maybe, you know, but we, we shouldn't preach experience. But my experience, nobody preached tithing to me. I sat in church, and I looked around, and I calculated I'd been coming to that particular church for a few months. So I calculated how much I'd been giving, and I looked at the musical equipment. I looked at the chairs. I looked at everything. I said, if everybody, I'm an account so I calculate, if everybody here gives what I give, this place can run. So somebody is sponsoring this place. And I said, from that day, I'll be amongst those that sponsor it. That's how I started paying tithe. Is someone hearing me? Because, you see, you know, if it were open, if everybody carried the badge of their contribution as you walk into church, they carry, uh, behind me now, you see, 2%. That means I'm contributing 2% to the sustenance of the church. And some other person comes in, carries 5%. Another person coming, carries minus 70%. I'm sure you know that person will do something about it. Because he won't want people to see. But, you see, in the spirit, it's, it's ready. Are you with me? So, like I was saying, it shouldn't be what we engage the word in. This is what Jesus said. You neglect the weightier matters. Justice, mercy, and that's where we're going. So, Christian activity, I'm still in the background, I'm, I'm going to come back there. So, you study to show yourself approved. You pray. Momichi said, prayer is for the humble, not the strong. We have also misrepresented prayer. So when they introduce prayer people in church, we, thank God, yeah, we don't call them prayer warriors. You hear about prayer warriors, right? You're not a warrior. So in the first place, they disqualify you. They scare you. Because say prayer warriors are meeting. It's as if the real uh, obonies are coming. The obunis in church, the cabals are coming. You know? And those prayer warriors, they can't look good. If they're sisters, they're scared, they to be flying like this. You know, if they're men, they have to wear red and yellow combination. So you're already disqualified because you're not a warrior. But prayer is not for the warriors. Prayer is for the weak. Prayer is for those who know that there is an assignment to be done. And we asked a simple question on Wednesday. We said, if you know now you're here in church looking at me, and you know that tomorrow they're going to call on you in the office and say to you, we heard you in church yesterday. Come and take 30 minutes and tell us about your Jesus. You know you become a prayer fighter. I don't know which word to use now. If that would happen, what is going to happen? I see, is, will your day and tomorrow morning go the same way? What are you going to do? You'll find a secret place, right? And say to the Lord what? Empower me. Now, prayer is made by those who understand the assignment that is before them. And I use that illustration because it's easier for you. But just marrying your wife is an assignment. Any married man here? Just marrying your husband is an assignment. Just raising those keys that God gave to you is an assignment. Just driving on the roads, Just responding to Nigerian news. Somebody said that 90% of Nigerians are actually crazy. That they're mentally ill. He said that the decibel of an average conversation in Nigeria is like where people are fighting. Nah, how now? And the person said, oh boy, they're fine. (laughs) If you see African movies, they put violence. Meanwhile, we're not shooting guns. It's just that in an African movie, if someone pours tomato on the ground, what is something that somebody will say, oh, you spilled tomatoes here. <laughs> you see how surprised you are. We have all gone crazy in Nigeria. <laughs> okay, so you need prayer to survive Nigeria. I'm telling you, you need prayer. You need the presence of God to just survive, to be normal, to go out and come back. So, prayer is because we are insufficient. What is ahead of us, we can't handle it. That's why we pray. Now, there are diverse types of prayer. So, there is thanksgiving for what he has done. So, if you know you couldn't do it, so you go out and come back, you also thank him. Okay? So, I'm, I'm I'm just giving an illustration. So, from all of that, we see we fellowship. Why do we fellowship? Why do we come to church? For those of us who are coming to church, I really... I want to appreciate you. Can you clap for yourself again? It's not easy to come to church in these days. You see, the world is fighting everything, difficulties and all of that. And people say online. I've done online. I follow services online. It's just not the same. If you have an option to be there live, just be there live. That's why people pay thousands to go and be live in a match. It's not the same experience. Number one, online, a call can come in. Online, you can decide to go and greet somebody in that place that you don't have a choice to go and greet. You know the place I'm talking about. Online, somebody with you can raise a conversation. You miss critical parts of the service and you miss the flow. But when you come together as church and come, there's a difference. And the Bible was careful to take note to remind us of that. Hebrews 10, 25. It says, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together for the sake of it. No. It says, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another. Why? So much as you see the day approach, times are getting more difficult. We need to come together to encourage one another. Let's read it from the message translation, please. Message and ERV. Any of them first. He said, let's see how inventive we can be in what? In encouraging love and helping out. Not avoiding worshipping together. That's why this evening, the women are going to be meeting the mothers. If you're a married woman here, you should be back in church by four. It will help your marriage. It will help your mental health. Somebody called my wife last night and was complaining about something. And then my wife gave her her own condition. She started laughing. You know, your trouble actually looks so terrible until you find out that that trouble is common. Are you with me? So you're a woman here and you think your husband gives you trouble. Then you realize that another person's husband doesn't eat soup they cooked yesterday. Eh? The way he was raised, the mother didn't have refrigerator and freezer and there were about 70 in their house so they cooked soup every day but he has taken the cooking every day and forgotten that there is refrigerator and that you people only four in the house so he has issued the decree that in the kingdom of Ahasuerus <laughs> <laughs> soup must be cooked every day you come, you will meet with other women and when you hear their own case you know that your own is abadah and corn no, abadah and the egg you know it's just uh... so do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as is the manner of song. When men gather, gather with men. When they're married, gather. Gather with your married. God knows what he's doing. He doesn't do it for photo ops. He's doing it to solve problems, to minister life. Amen? Okay. So everything in Christianity, in the Christian activity, is designed to lead us somewhere. Finally, before we move from this, Ephesians 4, 11, 12, and 13, please. Thank you. It says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Verse 13, let's read that together, everyone. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Praise the Lord. Can we read that in E-R-U-V now? Okay, let's read from 11, please. It says... And that same Christ gave these gifts to people. He made some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to go and tell the good news. And some to care for and teach God's people. Twelve. Christ gave these gifts to prepare God's holy people for the work of serving. To make the body of Christ stronger. 13 Let's read thirteen together. This work must continue until we are all joined together in what we believe. And in what we know about the Son of God. Our goal is to become like a full-grown man, to look just like Christ and have all his word. This is the goal of Christian activity. This is why I preach. This is why I pray. This is why we come, so that everyone will be advancing, will be transformed, will be changing. So that soon and very soon, when people look at you, they will say, you are what? A Christian. And somebody say amen to that. Okay. So we're laying all that background because it took us into something. And what it took us into is to be careful so that we don't major on the minor. You know, it makes spiritual impact when you talk about things like that on their own. So, I mean, like last Sunday, we talked about prayer. And I remember as a much younger Christian nothing, no sermon intimidated me like the sermon on prayer. Because, you see, when they're teaching prayer, they'll tell you, uh, this person prayed seven hours. This person prayed 17 hours. This person prayed until his knees became like camel's knees. And then you now fall on your knees to pray. Father. <laughs> and then you look at time. One minute hasn't passed. <laughs> Do you understand? And then you're realizing that without this prayer, you are not a Christian. Uh-uh. You're not even serious, okay? So, I, I, would, I would listen, you know, I would listen. But one of the things that helped me was, you know, I joined prayer department. That's why we threw prayer open. When you come for prayer, at the end of the meeting, you have prayed for two hours, isn't it? So, at least if someone wants to harass you, you say, ah, I have prayed for two hours, okay? If that's a purpose. But that's not where we're going, okay? Where we're going is this. Prayer is to achieve a purpose. When you have a need... That's why from time to time, God permits believers to experience some hardship, some challenge, some difficulties. And automatically, they become prayer worries. Because a problem had come. Are you with me? Today, we want to move forward. And we want to get this love. And I looked at scriptures. And I saw that from the beginning of the scriptures, man's inability to discern what God, his creator, really wants has created a lot of problems. We saw that in the case of Genesis 4. Did you know that Cain offered this sacrifice before Abel? So Cain wasn't last. Cain was first. The only problem was that what Cain did was not what God wanted. Was not what God required. I'm sure if Cain did what God wanted and then did this other one that he wanted, it would have been alright. But Cain did what he wanted and did not do what God wanted. So, God said to him, Cain, if you do what I want, it will be okay. Okay? And retreating that in, in 1 Samuel 15, 21-23, where God was speaking, you know, through the prophet Samuel. He said, God is not excited. God does not delight in these burnt offerings and sacrifices. For to God, what? To obey is what? Better than sacrifice. And I began to search, Lord, please, I want to be sure I'm obeying you. I know in some areas I may be giving you sacrifice, but I want to be sure I'm obeying you so that I don't enter into a place where when it comes to the end, I realize that I've majored on the minor. And what really counts, I'm not getting it. Praise the Lord, somebody. So I asked the Lord, what are the things that are the real core issues? And our text told us, let's go back to Matthew twenty-three, twenty-three. Jesus speaking to the, the scribes and Pharisees, he said to them, the last part, he says, that that's why even anybody who is trying to use this scripture to argue tithe with, you know, the people outside, is not being sincere because once you read this scripture, something jumps to you. It says to you, don't argue about tithe. That's what the scripture, the spirit of the scripture says. You know, people have used it to defend that tithe was mentioned in the New Testament. But mentioned how? Mentioned as a minor. Mentioned as something you should, what? Put secondary. Okay? And what did he say you should do? It says, you have neglected, which means you should give attention to these weightier matters of the Lord. What are they? Justice and mercy and what? And faith. Quite alright. Say says, this you ought to have done without what? Leaving the others. But it says, this one is weightier. Praise the Lord, somebody. And you look at the scripture, and in some places, God was speaking directly. In Micah 6, we can read 6 to 8. But where we're going is 8. He says, "With what shall I come before the Lord, and bow myself before the High God? Shall I come before Him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul?" It says, "He has shown me, O oh man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of me? But to what?" do justly, to love mercy, and to work humbly with my God. And the same thing is retreated in Deuteronomy 10, 12 and 13. It says, And now in Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? But to fear the Lord, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. 13 says, And to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command you today. So God is telling them, this is what I want. When our Lord Jesus Christ was asked, what is the greatest commandment? What did he say? Love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your strength, with all... And then what? Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, we as believers, there's a word where I'm going to, where we started from, Lord that we want to look at this morning, we may not be able to do justice to it, but we want to look at it, to begin to, you know, change our thinking and our approach and the way we respond to that word. And what happened to me was that the Lord said to me, when you hear this word, what do you think? When you hear prayer, what do you think? Spirituality, am I right? When you hear fasting, what do you think? Spirituality. This person has scripture, preaching, he can preach. What do you think? Spiritual, knowledge, spiritual. He raises the dead, spiritual. When you hear love, what do you think? Michael Jackson, I love you. Comedians, I love you. The problem is this, you see. The world has taken that word and abused it, okay. And recreated it to mean nothing. So anybody who opens his mouth can say, I love you. And unfortunately, when they say that, you think the person loves you. What is the business of a musician that you paid your money to go and watch? After three hours of watching the person, they didn't refund you the money. They didn't give you free cu- popcorn. They he says, I love you. And then you fall. <laughs> you say, he loves me. Yeah. Because the word has been, you know, just put in the cleaners, washing machine. That's what they've done with the word. We, believers, you and I. We have missed this power and significance. That's why we're looking at it today. Love. Hallelujah. You see, I, I, I tried to lay a lot of background so nobody will miss me this morning. Love is the most important indicator of spirituality. Uh, the Bible says our Lord Jesus Christ in heaven now, he's making intercessions. He's making intercessions for me, not for him. When he came to earth, he was a man of prayer because he was as a man. Aside from that, they don't pray in heaven Do you understand? They don't fast in heaven Nobody is preaching anything in heaven The 24 and elders in heaven The revelation they had in, in, in the last second When they bow and raise their head It becomes, oh, they see another thing Okay But there is one thing That will not change in heaven Love will remain active You know why? The Bible just doesn't say God loves The Bible says God is love Are you with me? Now, that word love is the most spiritual word. It should be the most spiritual word to you and I. You know, I tried to do something after I came in here. I tried to check this word. Love one another. Not just love. Love one another. 22 times in the New Testament. To love one another. Now, we started learning from last Sunday. That the secret to surviving these days are what? Love from God love for god and then love what because of god child of god brothers and sisters god has put it in the plan that this part of it is what is going to keep you and i is what is going to strengthen you and i is what is going to make you and i victorious in this time so when he says we are more than conquerors through him that loved us we're going to see as we go on in this study how it works Because this love that I'm talking about is not a love from my native intelligence. It's a love that I'm able to love because he has what? First loved me. Praise the Lord, somebody. We are Christians, creatures of love. On on Wednesday, we learn something very important. We learn that God loves us because what? Because he loves us. It's a love that has no explanation. He just decided to love me. He decided to love you. Now, that should put you in wonder for the rest of your life. Truly, sometimes I wonder, how will a beautiful woman like my wife agree to marry me? Baby, I don't know what I do. (laughs) But I, I think I'm finding out now. Okay? God loves us. And if you think, if you ponder, sometimes you should sit aside and ask yourself, what did I do that made Jesus to go to the cross for me? Have you ever thought about that? At um, at about 17 years I lost somebody who was 16 years A friend of mine, one year younger Okay, you have lost people And I was sure he wasn't born again You have lost people who Were not born again Who were not worse than you Lord, why did you save me? Why did you save me? Why did you reveal yourself to me? Why did you snatch me from destruction? And the reason is simple Just what? Because he loved me Okay, because he loved me. That's all. Deuteronomy seven, seven and eight. if you are taking notes, take take the note, or you get when is this? You know uh, this thing. So, because he loved me, so the Bible begins to say to you and I. First John four. Now, let's go to First John four. I will try to you know wrap this up for today. First John four verse seven says, "It says, beloved, let us love one another, for love is what of God, and everyone who loves is what." Burn of God and knows God. Eight. Let's read eight together. Everybody loud and clear. He who does not love does not know God. For God, are you seeing the basis of my conclusion that love is the most spiritual level you can attain? It's the basic and the highest. He who does not love, that's the Holy Spirit saying, does not know God. That's a conclusive statement. And why is that so? It said, for God is love. Praise the Lord. As simple as that. He who does not love. doesn't. It, it didn't say, he who does not raise the dead. It didn't say, he who, he who can fast for seven days. It didn't say, he who can pray for seven hours. It didn't say, he who can preach, you know, like, like so, 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 and so. No, he said, he who does not love, does not know conclusively. It says, why? It said, for God is love. Brethren is a serious matter. I said to the Lord, this thing that we're going to begin to look at, help me. You know, the Bible says, Of all our Lord Jesus Christ began both to what? To do and to teach. I said, this one I'm going to teach and do. Are you getting what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I say we're going to teach it, then I'm going to start to receive grace to start to do. Because as I was looking at this, I was seeing that very likely we may have been majoring on the minor. And minoring on the major. Now, Holy Spirit is going to help us. Amen? Because we've dealt with love several times here. And, you know, we'll keep dealing with it. But we're going to see something that's gone. Let's read on. Okay, we're going to read to the last verse of this passage. It says, in this the love of God was manifested to us, verse 9. That God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. It says, in this is love. Not that we loved God. But that he did what? He loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Let let me make a point here in verse 10. You know how it is. Normal. You say, I love this person. Why do you love him? Because he loves you. Okay? They are telling us this love we are talking about. 10. In this is love, that what? So, what he's saying to me is that I shouldn't say I can't love him because he doesn't love me. That love is not the love, way. This love we are talking about. You love those who don't love you. That's, you say, in this is love. Not that we love God. So God doesn't love us because we love Him. And then they're sending us to go and love like God loves. So for husbands here and wives here who are saying to their partners, the Bible says, you know, uh, wife, submit to me, then I will love you. You see, I've missed it. You have to love the, the man. Sorry, the woman. <laughs> Do you understand? You have to love the woman. Love the woman. Love the woman, and then the head will be getting correct. Love the woman. But sometimes it's as though the more you love, the more the thing will go off chain. Abby? he says, God loved me when I was an enemy to him. He said, you, me, go and what? Do likewise. 11 says, beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Now, you know, the revelation in this is this. God help us. Amen? It says... Beloved, if God so loved us, what should happen? He said, we ought also what? To love one another. You know, the, the, the thing in this one is this. Brethren, do you know how difficult it is to love you? Hmm? You know, you think, ah, how can? When they say love, you think of this sister. You think of this, your brother. You think of this, your sister. Ah, I can love, I can love this person. I can love Pastor Chris. I can love, but that brother, hmm, he's saying, if God, are you following my thinking now? He said, if God can love you, you, (laughs) if God can love you, he said, you should go and embrace, you should go and kiss that person. Because you, to love you, is difficult. And God is perfect. So, if the perfect can love you, the imperfect, why is it a high jump for you, the imperfect, to love another imperfect? Who you're not even sure is less imperfect than you. If God so loved us, he said, we... Ought, that word ought is mathematical. is software programming, is coding, is analytical. If God so loved you and was patient with you, you say, that brother, he's difficult. Three times he has done this. Should God, which one do you want him to count how many times you have done? If God so loved us, that's it. Okay, let's move on. It says, no one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us. And his love has been what? Perfected in us. He says no one has seen God at any time. But if we love one another, God. Abides. So where there is no love, he says God is not there. If we love one another, He says God what? Abides. Listen, homes, what you need is not more naira. Husband and wife, if you can get more love in, you'll get more God in. And when you get more God in, every other thing will come in. I know someone who married this lady. I don't know why they got married. I think the mother of the man made them marry. You know, sometimes you can be just too, too. that's why the Bible puts it somewhere. It says, do not be too righteous. So anyway, this mother made this man to marry the girl because they they were not born again because the girl claimed she was pregnant. And the mother said, I'm a Christian. I'm not going to allow this type of thing happen. You're my child. You can't, you know, just mess up another lady's life. Well, it turned out whether the lady was telling the truth or not, the pregnancy was not there. So the marriage continued for two years, three years, four years, five years, six years, seven years, eight years. I think up to nine years or so. And there was no issue. Now, the atmosphere in this marriage, eh, if you see them talk to one another, is like where in those days, where Vasco da Gama fans are talking to Rangers United fans, Okay, it's like when Nadal is talking to Kirios, and Kirios is talking to Nada in this marriage. There was no love, tense environment. The way they call themselves, you're, I call you Nath, Nathaniel, and then you will call the lady Ovularia. <laughs> <laughs> That's the atmosphere in this marriage. Eight years, nine years, no child. It got to a point, they separated. Both of them married. Children, children, children everywhere. I'm sure the children in heaven said, God, don't send me to that place. Ah, how can you burn me into Afghanistan? Ah. <laughs> Afghanistan people will say, how can you burn me into Nigeria? There's no love. Prosperity will come where there's love. Every good thing will come where there's love. If we love one another, he said we've not seen God. So you kneel down and pray to a God that you don't see. Then you wake up and insult somebody you see. You say I'm worshiping God. And you're saying all kinds of nice things. Then when you finish worshipping the invisible God, the one person person you can see, you have no nice word to say. And God says, (laughs) I dwell there. Let's jump down to 16. It says, and we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. It says, love has been perfected among us in this, that we have boldness, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, this is very critical, so are we in this world. You see, what he's saying here is this. God is love. So how should I be in this world? I should be as love. You know, I believe that the witness of Christianity in this nation would have been a lot different if we were known by love. And I know a lot of people here, very, a few very humble, sincere people will be saying to themselves, Ah, I'm feeling in this area. How I wanted to introduce this, um, this meditation was that when I was working in the bank, my boss was so lazy. My senior, senior boss, the immediate one, was so workaholic. Then the one over her was so lazy that I even had to write my appraiser. So when she gave me this appraiser, you know how they give you appraiser to write? You can write 100% every. There are some areas that you get to. You know you can't write 100%. You say on this topic, I cannot write 100%. I'm telling you, I can't. So what I'm trying to say, there are some people here who are thinking, yes, pastor, tell them. They don't love me. Tell them. <laughs> You're past me. I know reach your level. <laughs> Amen. You're past me. But this is what they say. As he is, so are we. What, how is he? His love. How should we be? We should be loved. For as he is, so are we. God is love. So what? Sissu should be love. Julius should be what? Love. Mm-hmm. Christian should be what? You know, th- this makes me understand some things that Lord Jesus Christ said. He said, by these shall men know that you are my what? But that has not been a major. You know, the truth is this. Signs and wonders are essential and God works signs and wonders. But the Bible says these things the Holy Spirit does as he what? As he wills. So isn't it a waste of energy that you're wasting your time trying to pursue what the Holy Spirit said, I will do as I will. Then the one he commands you to do constant, you don't give focus on it. It means that I can be going. I, I don't know. Okay, have I told you people here? Yeah. When I was coming back, someone actually died. I don't know. I'm not medical, but this person passed out at the airport. They they had us go one over, you know, climb some high um, escalator that wasn't working. So people were carrying their things. So I guess this man wasn't very okay. When he got up, he passed out and, you know, started foaming in the mouth. And by the grace of God, you know, I was able to have access to him. I prayed for him. And when I finished praying, he didn't stop foaming. But I said to God, you said I shall raise the dead, I shall lay hands on the sick. So I went because they now said everybody should clear, you know. But the man got up, flew back with me, we got to Nigeria. So I want to give God the glory for that, amen. What I'm saying is this, the point I'm trying to make, is that signs and wonders are not what they rent light for. I've told you here, church, that the day Ahmed will raise the dead is not the day we organize an Ahmed raising dead procedure you'll be in your office, you'll be going somewhere, something will happen, and because you have the Spirit of God, He will use you as a channel to touch the place. A lot of people that are making that the center, Mm-mm. you don't come to church, where, where did they post? the apostles read their epistles and tell me where they taught people three ways to raise the dead, seven ways to heal the sick. Did you see that? They say, you shall lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. He says, any man sick, let him what? But we have majored on those things because those are the things that excite people. Those are the things that advertise people also. But when you love, the only thing it can become is footmat. The only thing it can beco- you, you will be ignored, taken advantage of. Do you understand? So this is so important. And I was saying, God, it says, by this shall men know that you are my disciples. Not by turning water into wine. If you love one another, men will know. But are we doing it? Okay, this is, I mean, I don't know the number we are here. And I wanted to ask a question. Some of us have been here for over a year. How many of us have been here for over a year? Just wave your hand. Yes. Most of us have been here over a year. In the one year you've been coming here, how many people have you, you know, interacted with, you know, just, he said the condition that men will know your, is that you love one another. After service, how many people have you looked at themselves? You know, the the more we meditate on this, uh, the scriptures are opening. You know that Joseph's promotion, I've corrected that here. Tell everybody you need to hear. That Joseph was not one day in prison, one day, no. It was a process. And the last level that Joseph passed was the level of love for one another. Joseph had to love every prisoner as himself. That's why Joseph will wake up with his wahala on his head. But he went to another prisoner and said, ah, "Ah, why are you sad? It was that that opened the door for his promotion. It wasn't his anointing. Unquote. It was his love. If he didn't do that, Pharaoh would never hear of him. I don't want to take you with more illustration. Daniel, the same thing. Do you know that when the, the king had the dream, they didn't send for Daniel. The magicians and astrologers of the kingdom were sent for. And the decree went out, killed them. Daniel heard about it and said, kill on They said, ah, this is what happened. Then Daniel said, go and tell the king not to kill anybody. What's that? Because of time, I may stop. But I want to say something before I stop. All right, I want to ask a question. I want to ask you, what is the opposite of love? Because that's for me, you know, what's the opposite of love? Clap for yourself. With that, you get a B.S.C. Or a first school, maybe first school living certificate, standard six. Now, let me tell you the next level. The opposite of love, based on scripture, is not hate. Hate is an opposite of love. But based on scripture, the opposite of love is indifference. Someone Google indifference and give us the synonyms. That's where we're going to close. You see, because if we're to say hate, most of you don't hate me. You don't hate your neighbors. Do you? So if you, if you found it, call them out for me. Lack of what? That's what we're talking about. Lack of concern. So you don't hate, but you have no concern. The person by you is fainting. You shift. The person will fade completely without dirtying your shirt. You go home. We are heirs of the kingdom. What's the next one? Apathy. Lack of sympathy. That's the level of opposite of love that the Bible is talking about. Not hate. How do I know? When our Lord Jesus told the parable of the good Samaritan, it says the scribe passed, the Pharisee passed, the priest passed. They were not the robber. As they were passing, I'm sure they must have said, thank God I'm not an arm robber. Thank God I didn't rob this man. And they left the man. They saw the man. Thank God. And they went. But when the Samaritan came, He looked at the man, and as he looked at him, he said, that could be me. So he treated that victim as he would want to be treated. That is love. Love is when you begin to treat him as you want to be treated. And the presence of God will begin to manifest. Now, there are several levels to it. Okay. Part of it is, you know, I see some people, when they now come to the Father's church, they sit on one chair, keep their Bible on one chair, keep their phone on the, the third one. Those chairs are not meant for Bibles and chairs. They are meant for believers. So evangelism will flow from this. Witnessing is going to flow from this. Then, but even living those ones, those that are here, if you've been here for one year, you should at least know more than half of the people here by name. Ah, sister, I've been seeing you for six months. I don't know your name. How are you? What do you do? Where do you live? And then you realize that the sister is working where you have an opening that can give the sister a better job. Love, lack of opposite, lack of empathy. So you come, you lift up your eyes unto God. After service, you keep your eyes unto God. <laughs> <laughs> now the day is over. Night is drawing near. Shadows of. And God is saying, I'm by you. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you. Let's rise on our feet. You know, the immediate thing for someone to think is, well, uh, uh, Pastor is preaching that we should help people. (laughs) Let me tell you. You're not helping anybody. You're helping yourself. You see, if you're an unbeliever, you can get happy. Okay? With mud and Chandon. Mm? With whiskey. With all kinds of things. But if you're a believer the only real joy you can have is when heaven is rejoicing when you love you make heaven to rejoice and what happens invariably is that joy is credited to your account are you with me so it's not about somebody it's about us so the bible says it says we are more than conquerors through him that loved us it said that love is the equipment When we have time, we're going to go further and we see, you know, how this whole thing, you know, breaks down. But today, I want you to ask the Lord. Lord, I receive grace. If you're like me, give me understanding of this. I I don't imagine I've done any justice to this meditation. But I trust the Holy Spirit that he will do something in your heart. That he will find you a vessel. That you will be blessed by this. That you will indeed be a witness. That this world will know that you know God. For as He as he is, so are we. So, Lord, I receive your grace in this area. I receive your grace. These are the last days. Brethren, what we are talking about is unnatural. It doesn't make sense. This is not what people do in these times. In difficult times, people get more difficult. But you have godliness and you have the power. That's where we started from. You have the godliness and you have the power. You have the Christian activity and you're becoming like Christ. So, Lord, help me. I don't just want to be a singer in church and a prayer in church. And then even within the same environment, I'm not a lover. I want to be a lover. I want to be a lover. Flow through me. Pass through me. Help me, Lord. I'm your child. Make me more like you. The song says, you are the porter, I am the clay. It says, mold me, make me. I want to be more like you. Help me, help me Lord. I know the times are difficult, but this is your provision. This is your means of giving me strength. This is your means of giving me victory. This is your means of making me relevant in the scheme of things. This is your means of bringing deliverance to me and to my world. Lord, help me. You're listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Ban X Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09 290 9000 or 07 03 You can find us online at www. That the Father's God bless you.